we are back. It is Melissa Curtis and Chad Curtis with our human experience. We're sitting down today to talk about environment. And specifically, we're going to talk about how your environment can shape your behaviors, your habits, and how it can lend to your success within the things that you want to be doing or not doing in your in your life as well as how it can be detrimental or toxic or just kind of backpedaling you away from whatever goals or behaviors or habits that you're trying to instill. And one of the things that personally I find really helpful and beautiful about focusing on environment first is a lot of times there are habits that you can commit to once by changing something physically in your environment, reorganizing a particular room, whatever the case may be, um, or really simple habits that reduce decision-making time throughout your life. So it's kind of a nice place to start, in my opinion, when it comes to trying to create habit change, is let's just do these things that, you know, maybe I have to go buy a couple storage bins, or I have to do something, I have to take one day and reorganize this room. But once I've done it, it's not, a daily habit in the way that maybe you know a daily meditation practice would be or a you know focusing on your nutrition and some of those things that require consistent and they're valuable but they they require that consistent effort day in day out whereas this is more of a get it done set yourself up for success and then just move on with the with the rest of your life uh, but that's going to be our focus today so I'm going to turn it over to Melissa for a second because I know she focuses a lot with her clients on this, uh, on the business side. And I know that we've done a lot within our own lives to try and help use our environment for leverage. So what do you got for us? Oh, this is, I'm so excited about this topic because this is something that personally, um, I love organizing things. I love focusing on what our personal environments look like. And like you mentioned, talking to my clients about this. Um, A lot of times we think that our habits need to happen due to motivation or effort and a lot of time or willpower for sure. And I, I want to get across today that you can have all of those things and still not be as successful as you want if your environment isn't set up for success. Um, and like, and I think, you know, and not to derail you here, but I think it's important to remember those things, willpower, you know, discipline, they're, they require energy and resources. Absolutely. And, and so they're valuable tools to have. However, if you need to rely on those things day in, day out, 24-7, yeah. if you have a package of Oreos sitting on your counter every day and your goal is to reduce yeah. sugar intake, now you have to exercise willpower and discipline every single day when you walk by it multiple times a day versus if you just didn't have them in the house or if they need to be there for whatever reason, they're somewhere out of sight. Yeah. Right? It's, it saves that resource so you can apply in other areas. 100%. I mean, we respond to the cues around us. So we think we have control over these choices, but a lot of the choices we make day to day are subconscious. Um, so like we said, your environment can be either set you up for success for these things or they can pull you back. So. Yeah. For sure. Um, I know that a lot of the stuff that we've learned and ta- I've talked to my clients about comes from James Clear. We've, ta- we've mentioned his book before, The yeah. Atomic Habits. Um, but he says the environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. And I really like that because it, it is something that, you know, we do. We think that 
this all needs to come from us. And then we look at our environment and it's setting us up to fail. So really cool. hundred um, percent. So I, th I think obviously you and I discuss these sort of topics a lot, just in our own personal lives. We, we look at ways we constantly retool, whether it's our schedule or the way the house is laid out. I mean, we just, you, I, I say we, you just reorganized not only our bedroom, but also our living room over the weekend while I took the girls out to, uh, to a friend's house. Uh, and we did some, you know, some hiking and stuff outdoors and playing with, with their kids. Uh, and it gave you some time to be able to, to mm -hmm. restructure our environment a little bit. So it, I think it's important to recognize that this, while I said it's a kind of a set it or forget it type scenario, it can be, but it's also something that can be revisited as you recognize that it's now maybe something's changed in your life, a priority, yeah. or your kids have gotten older. So the things, the toys they use are different. Um, and those sort of things can come back. You can revisit it and rechange it again to suit your needs even better and evolve it, right? Yeah. Well, and I think you mentioned before, it, rather than like a meditation practice or something where it takes some time to cultivate those things, reorganizing a room is like painting a room, right? Like it's it's instant, right? Sure. So then after you put the work in, it's that part at least is done. So there's some like almost instant gratification, which is, I think, what a lot of people want out of habits and which is why they don't stick to them because a lot of the <laughs> habits that, that we need to do to, you know, become healthier um, take time, right? Don't drink, you know, 100 ounces of water in one day and then you're good forever, right? Or you don't sure. sleep well one night and then you're good or, you know, meditate 10 minutes one day and that's it, right? And we don't necessarily see the, what's happening behind the scenes after only a few days of doing those things. They take months, years to, to acquire. Um, we're organized, reorganizing your closet or your kitchen space or your kid's playroom. That's once it's done, maybe it doesn't stay that way forever, but it's an instant, like, at least I did this work and I can see the work that I did. Yeah. Right? I, you hit on something that I, we actually hadn't really discussed a whole lot is that that instant gratification. I mean, we we're an instant gratification culture, mm -hmm. right? We and, and so that's really powerful that you can you can look at this thing and it's a kind of a sense of accomplishment that you've organized and cleaned this this thing. Uh, and you know, I never really thought about that. That that can be a motivating factor. And, and I think it's interesting to to consider those sort of changes that you can start to make. And be able to kind of feel, a, it's almost like a weight is lifted as you've reorganized something. And I think it, to me, a lot of times it'll relate to being comfortable in the quote unquote normal or common behaviors or environments that you're used to, right? Because we're, we've acclimated to them and you've got a degree of comfort, even though at some level you understand that it's maybe not serving you. I'm used to having a television in my room and being able to watch right. TV in bed, but I'm trying not to. But now every time you go and lay down in, in your bed, it's there's really a 50-inch screen TV looking right. at you. I mean, like, well, I could turn it on for a little bit. Your body is always <laughs> learning, right? Whether it's something you wanted to learn or something you don't want it to learn. So your the habits you do every day, your body is going to get used to, 100%. Yeah. So, like you said, if it's something that you don't want to be doing and it's glaring you in the face every single day, it's you're more than likely not going to be able to willpower your way out of that. 
all yeah. the time. Well, and I think there's, it's important, too, when we look at environment, <laughs> a lot of, just like a lot of the things that we discuss, there's a, such value in being able to bring awareness and intention to all these different areas of your life, to to movement, to your relationships, to your your purpose, to your your job, to your you know how you parent, your fitness, whatever. It, it's all about being able to recognize what it is you are doing or are not doing, and how that's impacting you. You talked, you, you said it before. Our body's always learning. So what are the lessons that we're teaching right. it? And a lot of times. If we lack that skill set, that ability to create awareness around anything in particular, then it's hard to recognize how powerful some of these influences can be. And I think it's one of the reasons that I really try to convince friends and family members and clients to find some sort of meditative type practice that, that brings awareness. Now, whether that's sitting quietly and breathing or some sort of movement practice, whatever it might be, but something that brings, that, that tunes up that skill set of awareness because a lot of times we'll have these reactions that we don't necessarily understand where they're coming from, right? And what came to mind that got me thinking about this just now was we had our, our home flooded, uh, what was that, about a year and a half, yeah. two years ago yeah. maybe? Yeah. So our home flooded and... It was, we'll spare you guys the details. It was, it was kind of a clusterfuck and the, the root cause was somewhat elusive. Uh, it, it was hard for us to pinpoint. And then all the work and the construction that took place took exponentially longer than what was anticipated. We were kind of low man on the totem pole. For the, and it was in our kitchen. Yeah. So and, so, and it was in our kitchen. So what happened was we basically had to remove all of our dishes and cooking utensils and everything out of all the the cabinets and drawers in the kitchen and that was all stacked up i could see melissa breathing heavily just thinking about it right it was piled up on a couple of folding tables and the dining room table and a counter we just had stacks of dishes and food products and all these things just piled everywhere in the house it looked like a scene from a hoarder's episode on top of that, we also had a three-year-old and a six-month-old, or one. Yeah, year, you know, depending, yeah. I'm trying to think of the timeline yeah. exactly, but yeah. we had we had two. You know, we had a toddler and an infant running around. So, I think it would have been easy had you and I not been cultivating this sense of awareness, just generally speaking, in different areas of our life. It would have been easy to be kind of confused or dumbfounded as to why am I why am I so irritable. Why am I so quick to respond in, in anger? Why, why, is, why am I reacting this way? Why do I feel lethargic? Why do I feel depressed? Yeah. Well, because you're, it feels like we're living in a storage unit. Yeah. And it was so well, disorganized. It was just, and it was every day, every yeah. minute of every day for months. It was, what, four months, three months? Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it a, was a long yeah. time. I mean, visual clutter is a main thing for me personally, um, but for a lot of the clients that I talk to, especially parents, because we've now accumulated lots of children things, right? Um, But visual clutter equates to mental clutter. And a lot of times we can't, you know, rationalize our 
feelings or, um, you know, why, why we're reacting a certain way or something like, so it's, that visual clutter is huge. Well, it's hard and, to connect those dots. Is and it, a why, lot of why time, would having dishes out make me Well, angry? And, some, and sometimes, sometimes the clutter is just simply about the clutter. Sometimes it's like, I don't want this mess here. I need it gone, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes the clutter can be something deeper. So the reaction to the clutter can mean something deeper. So if your kid's space or your bedroom is always cluttered, right? It might be... A feeling of my husband doesn't appreciate or respect that I don't want clothes on the floor. So he, <laughs> uh, not a, that ouch. was not a personal attack. <laughs> um, but no, it, so it very well kids, could be. I do have a kids, tendency you know, to throw some stuff on the floor. I know. Floor. I know. When I grew up, you know, my mom would get really upset when she would take us out to buy new clothes from wherever, right? With her hard work earned money, and then we would shove them in our drawers or they'd be all over the floor of our closet or stuffed under beds, right? And she would she would be angry about it. And now as a parent, I can understand it wasn't just about the mess in our closets because that could, is, could have easily been shut the door, nobody would have seen it, mm -hmm. right? But it was about the disrespect that we were giving to her by not putting those things away, right? So... I think digging a little bit deeper as to why, like, sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's, for me especially, it's simply just about, I don't want that mess there. I want it put away. Or it's, it, you know, it's driving me crazy. The girls are screaming. You know, we have loud music playing, and I want that mess gone, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes the mess is, it's deeper. It's deeper sure. than that. So really looking at, like, why you're reacting to the mess and is it a lack of support? Is it feelings of disrespect? Is it a feeling of being out of control? Even if it's your own mess, I right? Was, like, was, even if it's your I'm car, glad you said that. even I if it's you have, you know, that. garbage all over your car because you're on the road all day for work and you just throw cans and wrappers everywhere. Like, looking at that mess, like, do you feel like a shitty, like a shitty person because you can't clean sure. up your car you know you like, feel like a it's, it's, right. you walk by so, a, you walk by a project so before you even touch on that my mind was thinking about how often you know we'll have some to do thing whatever it is and maybe some of the materials are gathered to do it and we just haven't done it yet and now there's this reminder of oh you got to do that thing oh you got to do that thing oh you got to do that thing right. and now after a while you you're like man you're why haven't you done this thing you, you've looked at this pile of stuff every day for a week or whatever it's been, and you haven't done it. What's your problem? Why don't you get anything done? <laughs> this is just a glimpse into my in, insane brain sometimes when, when I see these sort of things. So I, I think you're right. It, it can turn into judgment on yourself, mm -hmm. right? And I know for us, we've talked about this before, that a lot of times we'll, we would spin this story up in our head about how long something's going to take or what sort of space or time we need in order to accomplish said thing. Yeah, I mean. Right? And, and, and the more you and I spoke about it, the more we realized, you know, oh my God, we got to clean the house. We have all this laundry to do. Yeah, it's really like two hours of work to do. What are we doing the rest of the weekend? Right. And, and, you know, and it would be this thing like, oh, we have the stuff to do. And I think that happens a lot. It happens on a on a large scale in well, this country think, with like the holidays, long, like holidays, oh, yeah. the holidays are coming. Right. And it's, it's four days right. out of the year and, and, and people 
omit three months of their life. Sure. And, and it's the same thing. Uh, laundry, you know, we're like, we have laundry to do. Yeah, laundry like, put is a big machine. Laundry is a big deal for people, and I don't really understand why. Like, if you just throw a load in every day, you'd never, like, and just fold it and put it away when it comes out, like, you wouldn't have piles and piles of laundry. Like, and it's not like you need to stand there and wash it. Like, you can go do something else while it's washing. So, like, that's one thing that people, like, complain about, and I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel overwhelmed by laundry, but... Only, well, sometimes we do. Let's correct that, especially when Dylan, our oldest, is uh, changing her outfit nine times a day and just throwing everything into In the, the laundry, dirty clothes. Yeah. No, but, but I think it's important to point out that you and I have had these sort of discussions around where we tell ourselves this story that, oh, we don't have time to do this. And then when we actually do it, I mean, I it's think much faster. I think that's an it... underlying reason why anybody has not reached the goals they want or done the thing they've wanted to do, because they've blown up what it's going to take to get there. Well, and, and even an expectation of what what accomplishing that goal should look like, because there's a difference between doing something to keep your environment neat that you just kind of need to do, and doing something that is really purposeful and valuable to you and you want it done a very specific way, right? So let's say, let's say you're a craftsman and you want to build a chair or something like that for, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you have time set aside to make all your measurements, to cut, to cut it, to sand it, to paint, to do all the things to make it as perfect as, as you want it to be and, and in the scope. But that same person, if you need to, to your point, do some laundry and put stuff away, you don't have to take that same level of specificity and perfection to everything you do, yeah. especially if it's just a life task. Yeah. Done is, is what, what's, the, what's the saying? I just lost it in a moment, right? Uh, perfection is the enemy of complete, right? Yeah. You Getting it done for many of these things, especially when they're not vital to our being. It's just, it's, it's part of the, the grease Daily that keeps grind, the gears yeah. turning in our life. Mm -hmm. uh, just get it done. And if there's a way to be more efficient with it, if like yeah. you said, doing laundry, throw a load of laundry in every day, uh, it, rather than needing to do work through seven loads of laundry in one day, that could be daunting because now you're kind of tied to the house all day waiting for the cycles to finish out. You sure. don't have to be there scrubbing it, but you are, yeah. you're there, you're kind of bound to that position. So it, it comes down to a habit that's in there. But I think it, like that was for a long time a problem that I had with keeping things clean and orderly was if I got into it, it needed to be at such a level of perfection that it wasn't just tidying up my room. It was a full-on seven-hour cleaning pro project, sure. you know? Well, and we'll get we'll get to it when we talk about the, the tips that we're going to give later on. But, you know, giving everything a place is a huge thing to make sure that you don't get stuck into seven hours of cleaning or seven hours of laundry, right? Sure. Um, giving it, you know, a, a place and a home so that you know where things go, where your kids know where things go. That way... Those things are just done consistently, so it doesn't mountain up into this huge endeavor. Well, and it's easy right. to do it consistently. It has a clear home where it fits. Right. Maybe there's, you know, an image. We're talking a lot about the physical environment right now and more organizational cleanliness, sure. right? And so, and I think that's huge. I think that's a nice one for people to step into because, <clears throat> again, you and I operate. We all do operate in in certain echo chambers and certain things that we're accustomed to. So the way we keep our home, many of our friends 
have a similar way that they keep their home. And many of our friends do not. Many of them are, you know, may have a lot of messes around and it, it feels cluttered and crazy when you mm -hmm. go in. But if you haven't been exposed to all those environments, it's easy to just consider like, well, this is how everyone keeps their sure. house, you know? Sure. And, and then you go into a friend or a neighbor's house or something along those lines and you look around and you're like, Jesus Christ, I feel anxious walking in here because there's just shit everywhere. But then if you look at those people, like, personality-wise or how they react to situations, you can kind of see a correlation, right? Absolutely. Like, they're higher strung, maybe they're quicker to, like, yell at their kids or, you know, something where, you know, that might be part of the problem sure. is that, you know, your home doesn't feel... And that's one of, um, especially when I'm working with moms, like, that's a, that's a question I ask. You know, does your home feel safe does it feel comforting does it feel relaxing or does it feel does it make you feel overwhelmed tense anxious yeah. yeah because you should be able to be in your home and be relaxed and not feel like that's just part of the overwhelm of life yeah no yeah no i i love it and i like i, I said in the beginning the the environmental piece to me is so great because i'm i'm a lazy guy I just I love things that are that are easy. I love being able to address something once and being done with it. I would rather pay more for a product that I know has a lot longer durability, less issues with maintenance, and something that I that I don't have to do much to keep up with it. Right? I don't want something that that hey, you need to make sure that you clean it this way every other day and mm -hmm. with all these specific details. I won't do it. I understand that about myself. Sure. So I don't want that in my life. So I, I seek out these things that are really simple to well, do and, and they require, you know, kind of one effort to get the yeah. ball rolling. And then and it's the, kind of the good. things we're going to talk about, um, you know, how to kind of start taking these steps, they can really be applied anywhere. So it can be eating better or exercising more or saving more money or watching less TV or yeah. being better parents. Like they really carry over into just surrounding yourself with the cues that you want to be feeding your body with. Right. So, um, that's what's exciting for me is that it's not just a clean bedroom or sure. a clean kitchen. It's like, Oh, I have organized my whole life in a way that is literally feeding my body positive cues to get me closer to my goals whatever yeah. those goals are yeah so and, and you know you mentioned the finances thing even opening up space for me to be able to do some of these other things that i want to do i know you had a conversation with your parents the other day asking like why why do you guys still go online and spend two hours paying all of your bills literally everything can be automated yeah right everything you have a set pension coming in. You know how much money is coming in. You know when it's going out. Why would you not just automate it? Then maybe sit, if you're uncertain about it, you sit and you double check for 10 minutes. Oh, are they all, we have enough money to cover all these bills. Yeah, we do. Okay, cool. Right. right. And maybe, maybe that's just part of their day and it's something they actually want to do and saying, oh, we have to sit down and, and pay all our bills they like it. Maybe there's something about hands on. I, I used to be that way when everything, and it was really because things were first becoming more and more automated. And I really liked the idea of me clicking the little button. I did not like the idea of having it be just pulled out. Also could have been because I was 
stereotypically broke as fuck, uh, <laughs> and I didn't want, and I didn't want to be Take overdrafted. Money you don't have. So yeah. there was there was that part. Uh, but so I, I can get that to some extent. But for a lot of a lot of people, have a, a relatively stable income. They know what's coming in. They know sure. what's going out, and that can be a really simple thing to just automate savings. I know you mentioned that before we got on the, the podcast. That's a great. Yeah. Thing that I don't think people necessarily think of from an environmental yeah, standpoint. Yeah, have it pulled but, directly from your paycheck every time. Yeah, it you goes know? right into that savings account, goes right into that HSA, goes right into the college fund for the kids, whatever it is that you're right. that you're trying to create. So the it habit never of. even hits your bank account. You don't have an option to spend it. Yeah, and the, sure. and it removes a task from your list, so that it, like, it shortens that to do list, so that when there are new things you want to add or try out, you have that much more space to be able to do it. And I yeah. think when you look at the physical environment, that's also what you're talking about. You have this space to relax. You have this yeah, space more, to move about. The more disciplined your environment is, the less disciplined you need to be. Yes. Right? Because it just, it's happening for you. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, so I want to, how do we, would you, do you want to talk specifically about the kind of lessons that you wanted to go over? Or do we want to talk more about, here are some, specific concrete examples around physical environment here's some around you know i like nutritional decisions we have four things that we want to talk to people about so i think that let's talk about those things and then give examples for each one love it so fire it off what's number one all right so automating good decisions we just kind of talked about that a little bit so we can kind of that's a nice um segue in so looking at you know things like prepping your food ahead of time um using software to block social media sites or alerts on your phone or computer, um, packing your gym bag the night before, you know, filling up your water bottle so it's ready to just grab and go that morning, um, packing your food for the next day, having a bedtime routine. These things, you know, like we said, pulling money out of your bank account, right? These are automated things that are just making life more easy to do. Yeah. So. Well, I think that touches on utilizing technology as a positive lever for some of these behaviors because some of it when you say automated my mind thinks to like automate like i don't have to do anything so i i immediately consider is packing my gym bag the night before automated the night before it's not because it's a habit that you have to partake in but i think what you're getting at and what you mean is that it's automated the next morning because you just mm-hmm. grab the bag on your way out the door. You don't, yep. there, there's no thought that, and so it, that's kind of a and blend you're of the two, you're automating, right? You're automating good decisions. So the decision is getting up and going to the gym, mm-hmm. right? So if I have an alarm preset and I have my bag preset, I'm making those decisions a lot easier to actually happen, right? Well, and you're making them in a, I would imagine for many people, you're making a choice like that in a state of mind where you're less likely to create an excuse around well, it and you're, versus you're, the alarm goes off and you're, like, ah, I'm you're triggered tired yeah. and I don't want to get up Again. and I have to pack my bag and I got to do all right. this stuff. Again, the cues that you're you're feeding your body, you're triggering those good decisions. Sure. Right? You want to floss more? Put a bowl of floss picks next to your toothbrush. Right? So it's a visual. Right? It's not going to automatically floss for you, but you can. It's a trigger to oh. I should make that good decision, and it's really easy. All I have to do is pick it up out of the bowl, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
you know, want to read more, put a book next to your bed or literally on every table in your house. You know, wherever you look, like, put a book. Oh, talking about that clutter. You got a book okay. on every... Nah, right. I'm just messing with it. Um, yeah, so I think... So automating decisions, and I, I, I just want to make sure to clarify... And some when of you it, said that to me initially, I, I automatically thought things like automatic withdrawals for savings. And it te- can be. The, the tech it's, stuff only. Yeah. But I think what you're pointing out is that there are some habits that you can complete that allow for automation the next day or later that day or right. whatever, depending on what it is. Right. Automation, when you get to that point, you still have to set the habit of packing your gym bag the night before. Sure. You still have to set the habit of putting food into you know, your lunch bag the evening before so that you're bringing your own food from home to lunch versus going out all the time. But the point is, is that when that next day comes around, now those positive decisions are basically automated because they're just ready to go. You don't have to put any extra effort other than picking that thing up and taking it with you. Right. Yeah. So uh, any way that you got, and be creative. Obviously we're offering some examples on here, some specific tangible ones that that you guys could apply. And if you have other ones, great. Share them. Share them you know, with, with us. Put them on the, the Instagram page. Uh, share them with your friends. Just implement them yourself. And I think we need to recognize that a lot of these behaviors, and I'm sure we'll get to this more later on, they don't necessarily have to be grandiose either. It might be a $10 transfer into your oh, kid's yeah. savings account every week or every month like if you don't have it, it might just be something just enough to have that habit and then as time goes by you can adjust it maybe, would, you know maybe you're not making a lot of money so maybe you want to like, i want to build the habit of saving but i'm broke so how do i do that well what's the smallest amount that you could transfer that i mean you a dollar save? a day would you give you 365 dollars right? at the end of the year that you and didn't then, have you then, know <laughs> then you say Saved. okay i got a raise i'm gonna allocate a, a little yeah. bit more. I'm going to allocate $1.50. I mean, I would almost argue to not start with anything grandiose and really look at how you can make these things as simple as possible so that... And the least bit intrusive right, to what you're doing. Right, so that they, they don't become something that overwhelms you and then halts you. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's great. So automate your shit. Yeah. What's number two? Subtracting negative influences. So this could be a number of things. Um, again, the cues you're feeding your body. So this could be um, things like avoiding unhealthy foods by storing them in the cabinet instead of on the counter. Or bury them um, in a the treasure chest in your backyard. Yeah. One of those lock jars you have to put that code in, you yeah. know, that one with the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, keeping a tea. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about those. And, that, and those commercials used to crack me up. I'm like, just... Don't buy cookies all the time. Yeah. But and then, that's a thing, Then there's funny know? videos going around yeah. about people smashing them open with hammers and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so things like keeping a TV out of your bedroom, um, turning off alerts for social media, email on your phone, on your computer, uh, leaving your phone in a different room if you know that you're always attached to it, um, deleting, completely deleting apps, social media apps or whatever it might be off your phone. Um, if you have, you know, you have... A trigger with alcohol, putting alcohol in a closed cabinet instead of displayed out on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, this could also be people, which I didn't have on my list to talk about, but you know, looking at you know negative influences that because again, the cues that surround us, those are the things that your body is going to feed off of. Sure. So, 
and they help specifically people in your life help to create this story that mm-hmm. you tell yourself. And if if all the people you surround yourself with are telling themselves a story about how grateful they are and how appreciative they are for, for their life and they're happy and they're doing these things and they're re- really, like, they're genuinely positive. I don't mean that fake blowing rainbows up your ass, you know, kind of bullshit, everything's great sort of scenario. I mean someone who's genuinely feeling pretty darn good about their life. They're They're doing things that they enjoy they're saying no to things that they don't. They have great relationships. They feel purposeful in the stuff that they do. They have some creative outlets and, and some fun hobbies. If you're surrounded with people like that, I, I would venture a guess that you're in a far, far more positive place personally than if you were surrounded by people who are the antithesis of that. You know, if you have Absolutely. someone who's always bitching about work, they hate their spouse, their kids drive them nuts, this is well, a, you know, whatever the thing beyond, is where it's always negative. Well, beyond the positive or negative coming from the people around you, like, do the people you hang out with get drunk every night and you're trying to avoid alcohol? Or do they order, you know, order out and you're, yeah. you know, and you're trying to cook your own food? Do they we'll go con- back to the, will, the willpower you, yeah. thing, right? Do they like convince if, if you, you have to, stay to exercise and... willpower every time sure. you're around this social group because you're trying not to drink alcohol or not to eat poorly or whatever, and that's the only thing sure. these people are doing, it it doesn't necessarily mean cut those people out of your life, but maybe reevaluate how and when you spend time with them. You know, I, I had a, a really great conversation with with uh, a, a guy at the last ceremony I went to about this and about people in his life not necessarily being supportive about what he was doing Mm -hmm. and why he was doing it. And we've seen this with clients in the gym before. We're trying to change their life around Mm -hmm. healthy eating and movement and almost being shamed about trying to to move forward. And part of the conversation I had uh, with, with Matt was, you know, people our seasons in our life oftentimes mm-hmm. and unfortunately sometimes that season has to pass and it doesn't mean it has to be done in a negative way or a resentful way where you're angry at them but if you're saying hey i've been you know i've been drowning this my my feelings about this that and the other thing or trying to overcome this loss i've been drowning them with with alcohol and just partying and forgetting my life with you guys all the time and I'm trying really hard to not do that now. Yeah. I'm trying to focus on my health and my intentions and my awareness. And you're not supportive of that. Like, this is about my my personal health and my mental health. Yeah. And if you're not on that journey, that's fine. You don't have to be angry at that person. But that may be an omission that you need to look at taking. And Well, and even if it's not a complete, you know, loss of the relationship or end of the relationship... It could be something where you're minimizing your time with them. You we're saying, we're you setting know. very clear boundaries. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, don't 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 get us mistaken here. We're, we're not suggesting go out and, and burn your life down if there's a bunch of people who are negative influences on you. However, having some what will likely be difficult conversations with some people, especially if it's family, mm-hmm. that's a really difficult one for a lot of people is to have these really open heartfelt, honest communication sessions with a parent or a sibling or a spouse and not letting it come from a place of 
judgment or anger from you. Just very matter of fact, this is something that's really important to me. It's hard for me. I'm trying to, whatever, improve the way I fuel my body through mm -hmm. nutrition. So you coming home with cartons of ice cream, bags of chips, and 18 packs of soda or whatever, it's really, you're making it really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not helping and it feels like it's disrespectful to this thing that I'm doing. And I want better for you too, but that's your choice. Sure. So if you want to do those, I just need you to help me, help support me in mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And don't get me wrong, easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. But but again, much like we talked about awareness before, it's a practiced skill. It's a honed skill. The more often you expose yourself to difficult conversations, to saying what you mean and meaning what you say, mm -hmm. the more naturally it comes. And it is difficult. And this is coming from someone who, you know, I spent a lot of my life being very blunt with people. And so... I got used to saying what I wanted and meaning what I said. However, what I was terrible at, and now is I'm probably intermediate at, <laughs> I like uh, our, our buddy Kurt's statement about taking intermediate steps forever, is working on my ability to communicate those same ideas that I do mean, that I want to say, that are important for me to say to someone in a way that's not offensive to them, where it, it doesn't come across... In, in an attacking manner mm -hmm. where it's just, this is, you know, this is where I'm at. These are my thoughts around this topic. Uh, this is the, the type of things that I, that I'm considering when I look at these sort of actions or this environment. And I just want you to know that and, and being, trying to find a way for that to come from a place of love for people. But I think omission in general is something that often gets, I'm glad that that's on the list because I think it's something that gets put by the wayside. A lot of people want to eat more vegetables, exercise more, spend more time with family, spend more time with themselves, spend more. So it's it's all this more, 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 more. How do you have time to just continually only add mm -hmm. things to your plate without ever omitting anything? Mm -hmm. Right. And this is a really tough thing. It's something I I struggle with. When, when you look at like physical belongings in our sure. life, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this and, and my sister as well. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that we grew up and being nervous about letting go of, in this case, a possession that we won't be able to replace financially in the future. And so now I'm going to cling to these suits that I never wear because I don't have a suit wearing job just in case yeah. I need five suits, yeah, right? Because, and I don't want to have to go back out and buy them sort of thing. And, and I think we get stuck in that. And I think we get stuck in that in relationships too. What if I let these five people go that are toxic for my own health? I know it. I recognize it. What if I let those five people go and I'm not able to build five new relationships to take their place? It's yeah. a scary thought. Absolutely, It's a legitimate challenge and it's something that keeps people from having these but conversations. But I mean I would, I would rather have 10 people in my life that 100% support the things that I need as opposed to 20 or 30 that don't. Sure. Right? Sure. There is lip service. And let's and, and let's clarify that. 
support the things you need doesn't necessarily mean they agree with you. It just means no. they know what's important to you and they don't overstep that boundary. So right. I think a really great example of that that a lot of parents can probably relate to is asking something of grandma and grandpa oh, yeah. or asking grandma and grandpa to not do something and then grandma and grandpa do whatever the fuck they want. And they say, well, I'm grandma and grandpa. This is, I want to do this. Right. But these are my children. And this is the type of home that we're trying to, and I want you to respect that. That's a really tough one. Getting married for our younger people that are just dating, really tough one. We talk to people all the time about that process of having someone else's influence on your day because ultimately you're getting married you're raising these children and there's people that we love and care about and respect in our life and they have a different opinion maybe about how to do something or or whatever the case may be but it's ultimately not their life to live they're not the conductor of your life and being able to have that conversation and say mom i love you and it's great perfect example i'll give a more concrete example instead of speaking kind of vaguely when we got married my mom used it as a a tool to reconnect with a bunch of estranged family members whom i don't even know (laughs) other than by name maybe 30 years prior i had seen or uh, how old were we when we got married that would have been back in time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. What was I? Uh, we just had 10 years of marriage. So I was 28, 29? 28. I was turning 29. So at that point, there's this list of people who I haven't seen in well over 20 years. Sure. That, you know, she's bringing to us and saying, well, how are they supposed to afford this hotel in Southern California? I don't know. <laughs> but this is where we're having our wedding. If they want to stay at a different hotel... They can. That's right. that's fine. But we're not. I'm not calling all over the desert to try and find to set up room shares at six different hotels of, diff, of varying cost levels, so that everyone can come. You know, we set this up a year and a half in advance. So if it's really important, they can save up and come here. And the same thing with with your parents talking about shuttling people from the airport. I'm like, there's six different airports they could be flying into. We can't organize all of that and pay sure. for it, you know. And, and so, in those conversations, were done in a way that were that we were heard, and then we got to enjoy our day. Right. And it was nothing more than drawing a clear boundary around that. So, and then we went off on a big tangent on on the omissions. But I think that is a is that's an important one, and probably not one to necessarily focus too intently on right now, considering this is meant no, to be I more. Think- practical when, like in the moment let's do some environmental sure, change but when, you're, but when you're looking at things that are important to you are they things that you know you need to do yourself are they things that you can delegate to other people or are they things that you can um, omit completely from Get your life of. and i think and that's just kind of a nice way to look at anything sure. and like you know habits that we've been doing aren't necessarily ones we need to keep so as you're going through this kind of really evaluating are the things that are happening right now, something that you even want to keep? Yeah. Or is it something that you can automate? Is it something you can delegate to your spouse, to your kids, to whoever? Or is it something that doesn't even need to happen at all? And it can be, you know, you can omit it completely. Yeah. So I don't, I, it was a, a little bit of a tangent, but I don't think that it completely, you know, is 
off topic to what we were talking about. So no, it just it lets I think it lends some validity to how expansive our environment can become and what we mean by environment. It's not just the room you sit in. It's it's the geographic place you live. It's the it's what your home looks like. It's what your bedroom looks like. It's what your relationships are. I, I like bringing it back to cues. Car. It's the cues it's, it, that it's you are all of feeding. These it's the cues you're giving your body. Yeah. Visually, physically, emotionally, all of these things. So, yeah, yeah it encompasses. The energy in the rooms yeah. that you find yourself yeah. in, all of this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. it fe- it's all input. Absolutely. It's all input into your brain. Absolutely. So, any time that you can find a way to shift or optimize some of that input in a positive way, whether that is turning up the dial on something that's that's feeding you in a positive way or taking something away that's not, or like you said, this is something I need to do. It's a responsibility I have. It's not necessarily positive or negative. It's just a, we got to do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Can I automate it? Can I make that task simpler? Can I make it, can I create a, a, a way for that to be less Effortful, whether that's time or energy put in, Absolutely. you know, and I think that's, I, I think it's great. But point being, I love the omission thing because I think that's one that gets lost. People look for more nutrition challenges and more time for well, this and, some and of the more things, of when that. We do, when we do talk about habits, like you don't necessarily want, and we talked a little bit about this last week or, you know, when we talked to Kurt about language, but like going in and saying, don't eat donuts anymore. Or don't eat, don't, 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 don't. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on what not to do, focusing on what you can be doing. Okay. So saying affirmations versus eat, yeah. negations. So, so saying eating more vegetables or going to sleep earlier or you know. So focusing on the positive and not necessarily omitting. Do more of the good things. But I think in this case, you know what we're talking about. Omissions are very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh? What do we got for number three there, Melissa? So we're going to talk about priming our environment for future use. And I really like this one because this is kind of automating some things. Again, you have to put some work in, but it's it's getting your environment ready, um, setting you up for success, basically. So, so what's, the, what's the difference to you between automating your environment and priming your environment? I mean, some things are not different okay. right like setting up your gym bag the night before could fall under either one okay. right i um, mean maybe it's more of a prime the environment than it is an automation mm. um and keeping automations in your mind to something that's truly is automated, automated. where you just sat yeah. it and forget it yeah yeah um i think that's a nice for me that's a, i yeah. don't want to yeah rain and maybe, parade, and maybe it, for me that's yeah. a nice distinction because I, I do when i think automated i think once i do this i don't need to do i don't it need to do it yeah again. so things like technology where you can you know put on a blue blocker on your phone at the end of the night or Mm -hmm. turning off apps automatically or no you know um alerts transferring your money you can set a timer for it to turn off at a certain time setting your alarm every day so all those things yeah we could talk about those being the automations Mm -hmm. and then priming your environment would be more of that prep your food ahead of time maybe um doing your gym bag um even things like simply leaving, like washing your dishes and leaving a, a clean skillet and a spatula on the counter. Sure. So just kind of, again, trigger a good choice to cook, fry up two eggs quick before you leave the house as opposed to running through Dunkin' Donuts on the way to work. Yeah. Right? And even if it's um, not, I, I think it's important to point out, even if it's not necessarily 
shift it, like replacing. So like your example is food. I'm going to cook a better yeah. meal with more quality ingredients versus getting a crappy processed fast food meal. But let's take the example of coffee, coffee for coffee, right? So when I like to set out all the stuff that I use for doing a nice little pour over. It's become a little bit of a chore now that I'm making three pour overs <laughs> every morning. But prior to that, you know, I it, I could just swing by Starbucks or whatever on my way out the door and grab a cup of coffee. But now I'm spending that money on a cup of coffee that I, I don't enjoy as much, but it's more quote unquote convenient for yeah. me to do it. When in reality, I remember timing it over the summer and, and saying, if all my stuff's out and ready to go, it's it literally takes me eight well, minutes to make the coffee. And I just boil the water yeah. and pour it over, and I'm gone because yeah. all the, I, it's staged. I'm not pulling stuff out. And during that time, maybe take a little more than eight minutes because usually what I would do is I would come out, turn the water on so it boiled, and then I would go sit and meditate for ten or twelve minutes. Come back and the water's ready to go. Sure. So now I've gotten something else done during that time. Sure. And, and, you know, and while your coffee is something and that... And save money on buying Starbucks coffee. There you go. And and while your your coffee isn't necessarily a healthy or unhealthy choice, like it's something that you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. right? Something like cooking a healthy breakfast or packing your gym bag and then not going to the gym or leaving that skillet on your stove and going out and getting breakfast, like you're going to come home and you're going to see your gym bag on the floor and be like, oh, or that skillet and you're going to be like, God damn it. Right? Like, yeah. it's just another little nudge, little uh, tweak into like, ah, maybe I should make a better choice tomorrow. Right? It's, it's, it makes you just... about that healthy amount of guilt and shame. And yeah. I, I don't want anyone listening to this to think, you know, that the, the suggestion should be you should be seeking out guilt and shame. I think a lot of people in our culture carry enough of that on their own about things that they really but I shouldn't think, I mean, be we've, guilty or we've shameful about. we've talked about... Uh, and we can attach some pictures to our show notes or on our Instagram, but like we talked about tracking our habits on a whiteboard mm-hmm. in our room, I think before. And, you know, it's just enough to keep me motivated to want to put a check mark instead of an X, right? It's, it brings and seeing, awareness. And seeing those X's is just enough to make me say, hmm, is this really important? Or, hmm, I haven't read in two nights. Hmm. I should crack this book open. Right. Yeah. Right, it's just and that little nudge. That, if, if we can get our head wrapped around that mindset of this isn't a, it's not a judgment in the sense that you lash yourself for no, failure I'm not, to I'm not comply a better person because I things. read every night. No, but, but it's something that you said was important to you at some right. point. So am I either A, not living up to the person that I right. aspire to be, or B, did I think for one reason or another that this should be something I should do? It should be an important thing. And therefore I started trying to do it, but I'm not really doing it. I just take it off of there. And priming your environment can be for healthy habits, but I think, I think a more important, not maybe not more important, but an equally important thing is setting your environment up, priming it for um, hobbies and fun things. Too. Sure. So like a lot of times when we feel overwhelmed, those are the first things to go. Right? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, you want to learn to play the guitar. You want to practice your guitar more, put it in a spot in the living room that's visible. Right. Or you want to draw more, like put a, a cool notebook and some 
colored pencils in a jar, like visible on your desk or yeah. the kitchen counter or wherever. So that it's something that like reminds you in the moments of overwhelm, like, oh, that's a thing I should do yeah. or could do to make me feel better right now. You so. want to hike every day after work? Put your hiking boots in your car. It, it's yeah i think that's that's a really important point is it doesn't have to be always centered around this kind of labor focused task let's be healthier a lot of those things which innately i think make you healthier if you're engaged in positive habits and positive hobbies and and pastimes that you really enjoy mm-hmm. right that that definitely helps but i think that's a great point of setting up the making it easy to engage with those things that you yeah. find enjoyment in. You know, we've talked about doing, getting the, the garage cleaned out as far as for our home gym and getting that stuff into more of a shed that we can take out and just work out in the backyard, out in the sunshine. And then actually being me being able to use the garage as a workspace. I'm no master craftsman by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy tinkering yeah, yeah. And building stuff, it's it's pleasant for me. It's yeah. it's peaceful, yeah. and it's something that well, our I mean, home is not set up for at this point. Well, right. And, so I mean, you know, this creating an environment where sure. I can have sawdust all over the floor and go in there and just and even leave it. And this space, is a space, even the space to physical, do physical space, space, yeah. space right? Yeah. Right like, now, it, right now it's cluttered. But yeah, I think looking at you know how can you set this up again for your positive habits and like coming back to positive habits like they shouldn't be viewed as something that's like extra laborious to do or like, chore. ultimately like maybe in the beginning, if it's something far from what you're doing right now, but ultimately the things you should be trying to implement should ultimately be making your life easier. Well, right. And better. And what like, are you, what are your thoughts on, as you're saying, I think setting these goals. So I'm trying to think of a, of a more concrete example, but basically saying, Maybe this thing you, that you aspire to do or be is pretty far off from where you are. How often do you find people that are looking at that as kind of their end goal and then they base their habits and skills around that versus saying, well, what would it take for me to get from A to Z, right? Because my goal is Z. It's way the fuck down here. So instead of building habits and, and daily practices that are based around Z, wouldn't they be better served building habits based around B? And then C, well, so, and then D, and well, then E, and so that's and the difference between difference between an outcome goal and a and a process goal, right? So the outcome is I want to run a marathon, right? Yeah. And then your process goal would be I run twenty minutes every day, right? Yeah. You're talking to yourself on how because then I think that's a big problem with with New Year's resolutions. The thing is we only talk about the thing we want. Right, I want to lose fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and you say this thing, and you write it out, and you have all these mantras around losing fifty pounds, but you've given yourself no way to actually get there. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I want to lose fifty pounds, written on your mirror or your whiteboard or whatever the background of your phone, so you have that, and then I exercise at least thirty minutes every day, or I move my body at least thirty minutes every day. I, I pack my own meals. I pack. I cook all my own yeah. meals. I bring my lunch to work. I do all of these things that ultimately equate to losing 50 pounds. Move me closer to that goal. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of speaks to what you're talking about is breaking up your goal into manageable pieces or just doing part of the goal every single day. Mm-hmm. I want to read 10 books this year. 
read one page every day. Yeah. You know, like, and, and then, oh, one page is pretty easy. I could probably read two pages tomorrow. I don't and know what book you're reading, but I'm just, for the listeners out there, Melissa's not great with math. I'm just messing with you. I'm just fucking <laughs> I mean, one page a day is 365 days, so you really only read maybe one book, maybe two, depending on how long they are. They're I'm children's just... books. <laughs> no, I, all I'm saying Tuggy is... Tuggy the tugboat. All I'm saying <laughs> is breaking it down into manageable parts that give you a specific plan on how to get to the ultimate yeah. goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So So we have automation and and I think we went back and kind of verbally revised that a little bit to something that is truly automated that you, it requires you to put some degree of thought and effort in upfront. It's front loaded work. And then once it's set, you really don't need to pay technology or can be delegating, right? It could be, I hire a landscaper to come mow my lawn. hundred percent. Yeah. That's a perfect, that's a great example of how it doesn't have to just rely on technology. You could sit there and say, you could, you could lay that out and say, man, I want more time in the summer. I have a big lawn. It takes me five hours to mow it. It would cost me X amount of dollars to pay someone. This is worth my buying my time back. I'm reminded of, of, one of our colleagues when we were teaching out in California who, you know, said something like that to me and it, it really did resonate where he said, I, he talked about landscaping and, and those sort of things. He's like, ah, my time's more valuable than right. that. So I, mean, I just hire your salary. You make it. $50 an hour. It takes you five hours to mow the lawn. How much is that worth? Can you replace that with a company that equates to that? Sure. Or yeah. less. And is it worth it? Again, maybe, Maybe it's not a a swap or a place. Oh, I can work a little bit more. I can earn more to cover that. Maybe it's not earning to cover it. You're just buying your time. Mm-hmm. So now you've bought yourself five hours a week to go do whatever you want. Right. Right. And so I, I like that, that you point out. It doesn't have to be technology-based or automation. And then our second one was looking at areas of omission and ways to reduce our negative influences. In, in negative general. influences and, yep. and negative habits, whatever those might be. Yep. And then our third was priming that environment. So examples such as having that gym bag packed, ready to go in the morning, shoes in front of the door. If maybe you, you're telling yourself you're going to go for a run every morning, it's there. All your stuff's ready to go. Yep. Right? Having that daily alarm set or whatever the case may be to keep you on a schedule. So uh, prepping and processing and packaging your food yep. ahead of time. All of those things would be priming yourself for mm-hmm. for uh, success. What is your fourth one you wanted to talk about today? Last one's giving everything a place. So we touched on this before, mm-hmm. um, but really this is physical environment. Yeah. Making sure that everything has a home. So books on a bookshelf, you know, we, we've done a really nice job, I think, with our kids, especially giving them a drawer for all their things in the kitchen. Um, we have those cubes that you buy at Target or whatever, and you, we've labeled the cubes and they can put their own clothes away. Now, this, mm-hmm. this bucket has underwear. This bucket has socks, you know, um, things in the kitchen, you know, whether it's in the cupboard, physical food items or pans or whatever, giving everything a home so that it know, you know where it goes so that that mess doesn't accumulate like we talked before. Right? Yeah, I mean, think think about our, our junk drawer. You know, everyone's got one and oh, it has a that home. That drawer makes me so happy <laughs> now. And, but it, what a great example, though, of having this task that I created this elaborate resistance to, 
this you know we had, we had this junk drawer just full of everything junk right it's full Not of junk t- it's i mean it's useful stuff it's pens it's post-its sure. it's batteries it's but it random was, shit that doesn't have would, a home <laughs> we would go in there and we would straighten it up and then it would get open and slam shut a bunch of times and it's just a mess within kids would within that, yeah. you know a day and i kept saying to you i want to go and get some i, I want to go get some wood and i'm going to make like a custom cubby system within there and blah 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 and i i haven't done it and a lot of that's because the doors or the drawers closed and you don't necessarily see it every day yeah. but you, but a week again, or a week or two ago ping. every time you open the drawer you're like Ugh. yeah every like, time yeah i open i'm like you're such a pig when i look <laughs> you know and so a couple weeks ago when i took dylan out to go to get some craft supplies and things like that they had little plastic baskets on sale little stacks of them and even then i looked at them, i don't like this color and i'm going back and forth and i'm like just buy the fucking baskets man they, they're gonna fit in your drawer. They're low profile. They'll fit in that little drawer. Who cares what color they are? They're inside a drawer. Yeah. Right now, the inside of that drawer looks like a dumpster. <laughs> so, so who cares if you put purple or pink baskets in there that don't go with the white and gray and red kitchen that you have? They're not out. It's not right. being displayed in the counter. Right. And so there, it was a weird moment of this resistance of like, well, I wanted it done this certain way, and why? You accomplish the goal with this thing, and that drawer feels so good every time we open it. Now mm-hmm. it just, I'm like, oh my god, I know. What do I need? I need a check. It. Oh, there we go. I need a pen. It's there. I need some batteries. It's just everything has a space. You know where it is when you're going and looking for it. Yeah. it and to your point, for those of you that have parents, this has been something that has been really, really vital in you the way. Or, those of you that you're right. Thank you. <laughs> those parents. of you that are parents. <laughs> I'm assuming most of you have parents, whether they're uh, with us any longer or not, but unless you just (laughs) appeared, which if you did, contact us. I'd love to interview you. Um, (laughs) Those of you who are parents and have children, I think a really valuable thing that we did out of the gate with Dylan and, and it set us up for success was giving her the opportunity to play a role in chores and being a, a contributing member mm-hmm. of our family, even if that meant that chore took 10 times longer and sure. wasn't done the way that it needed to be done at the end. Uh, it, it's a, a practiced skill sure. for her to help. And then having that organization within the the general living spaces in the home, so the living room and the kitchen and those sort mm-hmm. of things, and also within their bedrooms, like you mentioned before, it it does a couple of things. It not only creates a more organized and clean and you said even safe feeling, comfortable feeling mm-hmm. environment, but it also gives your children a lot more independence, which is a, a double-edged sword. Responsibility. Right? Yeah. And a sense of responsibility. It, but it, it helps you. Part of your role as a parent is to bring these little people up in, into productive, confident, purposeful members of our society and and a, a lot of those things they really do start before five they just do well and those i think habits yeah. are ingrained and we i mean we send our kids to montessori school so this was kind of mirrored at school or we were we were trying to do a lot of carryover at home that what was happening in school but i think a lot of parents and myself included before really investigating that program like 
a two-year-old can't put their clothes away. A two-year-old can't sure. and help at 18, with dishes. Yeah, and they, at 18, you know, 19 months, Dylan was putting you know, dishes away for I mean, her yeah, because she had a like, little drawer that she could reach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her stuff was plastic or metal and it would, and we could, and she could do it safely. Right. And I mean, even like low hooks to hang up their coats, like just things that make your life easier, um, especially as a parent. Yeah. And, and give them, like we said, confidence in having some control yep. and having some responsibility. It's a great thing. And, you know, we were lucky enough to have a background in teaching, to have your mom as support. Sure. For as far as her career in early childhood intervention and, and being able to come up with a lot of these similar strategies for helping children. And then, as you mentioned, our girls go to Montessori school. So uh, this organization and this independence and access to materials and all those sort of things, that's ingrained in them at, at school but each I think, day, too. Like we talked about, kids are, I would argue, more sensitive to their environments, right? Their little brains are so just working all day long, right? To take in what's happening around them. So if we can help them. And even less, I would say even less, well, maybe it's a tight race at this point. I was going to say even less capable of being able to explain why that thing would influence. They don't, it's not, it's not as though Dylan comes in and is like, I'm feeling crazy because my room's messy. Right. Right? But (laughs) if we can create those environments for them too, I think that's, that's powerful. Absolutely. It is powerful. Right. We've seen it, you know, and it's not to suggest that it necessarily just makes your life only easier. Right. If you're creating we I talk about it all the time with friends and and other parents. You know, if my goal is is to help create strong, confident, independent thinking women in my daughters, then that means I have a home with three strong, independent, thinking, confident women and that's going to come with its own challenges right for me it just is they're, they're going to push back on things that we say and do and they're going to want to make their own decisions they're going to want to wear an insane bag lady outfit to school because they have access to their clothes and they can yeah. pick them out and we as parents needed to recognize you know there's times to assert hey no you need to do x y and z because mm-hmm. we're doing this you can't wear a skirt it's 20 degrees out and we're going hiking right right we, like but you look like an insane person you look like jim carrey from you know <laughs> from, from pet detective and oh well when dylan came in with 20 <laughs> 20 clips 10 on each side on her head the other day what do you mean <laughs> you need to let it go and let them explore yeah. but it, but then know that at the end of the day they have a place to put those things they know where right. to get them and and i think that that is powerful and think about as they go into young adulthood and become adults and, and possibly parents themselves, those skill sets are ingrained for a much longer time. They're not something that they have to learn at 30 years yeah. old and start to practice. Well, and if they see their parents respecting their physical environments, then they're more likely to match those behaviors. 100%. Right? 100%. Yeah. So that, that fourth one was really what we kind of kicked the conversation off with, yeah. which is that physical environment and to me the most the the most appealing and low-hanging fruit of those four are number one and number four it's it's the automation Mm -hmm. because i can just make it a point to sit down and do this thing just set up set up the bank transfer call the landscaper whatever the the thing is call the snowplow company right all these sort of things i can just do that and then it's done right 
And the, the last one is very similar, the environmental thing. So let's get dimmer light bulbs in the lamps in our room. So it's not so bright at night when we're reading and kind of waking us up, right? Or let's swap them out for a cool Himalayan salt lamp. I'm, I'm all about that salt lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm digging it too. Let's make those changes because now it's done. We took our old lamps out of the room. We put the the salt lamp and the, the sunlight alarm clock in the room and that's it. Now we don't we don't have to think about that every day. Right. When we go in there. We took the TV out of our bedroom a years ago. Years and, ago, yeah. And you know, it's not we don't have to think about oh man, don't turn the TV on, just lay down, Chad. It's just no, just, there's not a TV in here. Just right. either read a book or don't. Mm-hmm. Or go to bed. Or, you know, I'll turn sometimes I'll turn on, you know, a little music or meditation stuff yeah. in there. But you the options aren't there for you. And so I think those are the things that why those two for me are really appealing because I don't have to put that regular effort in. I just have to do something once and then let it continue on. Now, in order for that habit of not watching TV in bed, for example, to occur, I would literally have to go and bring a TV into our room. I have to make an insane act in order to do this thing yep. that I don't want to do, right? So, so I, it, it's made difficult. Another one of the tenets from Atomic Habits is, sure. is, is make things that you want to omit from your life, make More them difficult, difficult sure. right? Yep. And so I, those approaches really appeal to me because as kind of a, an admittedly lazy guy, those things don't require a lot of my effort and time once they're done. Right. Whereas the other two, also valuable, right? It, oh, omitting these negative influences in your in your life and priming your environment for success, those are vital, and I do them with with things. But I think for someone that's just getting, maybe just getting started on trying to create yeah, I mean, success are, in their those environment. Those are two easy, simple ways to, to kind of kick off this, for yeah, sure. Yeah, is to do those things that are just like, it's one action and, and you, took, mm-hmm. you took care of it. I think one of the things that we didn't talk about specifically on here is purchasing and kind of taking, taking a, an inventory of the products that you have in your life, whether those are food products that you're consuming or hygiene products, cleaning products, those sort of things. Sure. And I, and we won't do a real deep dive here because I know this could be one that we just yeah. we go into all on its own. But I think to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, to me how, or if you disagree, it relates to environment in that if we choose a particular type of body wash or shampoo mm-hmm. because it's phthalate and paraben free and yada 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 yeah. it's made you know made from the tears of heaven and whatever else is is in there and we find this product it works we like it it's of a quality that we feel comfortable putting on or in our bodies now that removes a decision making process when you go to the store it's hey just grab a couple Sure. bottles of that shampoo we keep two in the bath and one in the shower I mean, yeah. and, and we just replace same thing with toothpaste same thing with i always point out the hot sauce i like spicy yeah. food and there's a particular hot sauce that I, mean, I really enjoy our grocery list week to week unless we're making something special or different it's pretty much the same stuff over and over and over yeah. right 
Um, so yeah, the I variability think, is done through spice, you know, and various you can spices even, and cooking you can even techniques. automate some of that stuff. Go on Amazon Home or whatever, or right. you know, and you could. I mean, we just we put our kids vitamins and things on automation. There's some beauty yeah. products that like aren't in stores, face wash and stuff that I use that I automate. I get every two or three months. You yeah. Know, that, like literally almost everything that you can buy now is like, do you want to pay $3 less for this and automate it, you know, and have it shipped monthly yeah, or whatever. That's, that's a so, great point. So you that, know, that's it's almost things you don't even need to think about, you know, you could get deodorant sent to you every three months yeah. if you wanted to, you that's, know? So audit then automate. Yeah. For a lot of those products, you're a hundred percent right. You know, that's, that's a really <laughs> talk about again, taking something off your plate to even think about. Yeah. And again, this depends on, it can be dictated by where you are financially, what sort of things you, uh, you want to prioritize and value. We've often said in our conversations with one another that if you get real nitpicky in, everything that could kill you or whatever, everything that could potentially be negative for you, you could just spend your entire day, your entire life nitpicking through everything in your environment, everything you consume, the, the all that stuff. And it, it, it can result in a negative amount of weight and stress on you. What we're talking about is just bring some awareness mm -hmm. to some of these things, to some of these different environments. These are different strategies. Maybe you don't do all four of these strategies at once. Maybe you just pick something to implement. You do that. Yeah. And then you pick something else. And even if it's, you know, I want to prime my, like you mentioned, your coffee or breakfast or meals for the next day or your gym bag. Like, I just want to prime one habit as opposed to all the habits I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Right? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And when you look at things like what we just talked about in terms of replacing products, you really, you really explained the the importance to me. I kind of un, I, I did understand it, but I never really gave it much thought or much credence to how valuable or how meaningful it is to focus on the types of products that you're putting physically on your body. Absolutely, right? Whether it's you know, soap or lotions or hair products or whatever the case may be, those sort of things that maybe you use them daily. And if there are things in there that are that are toxic or just they're just not beneficial for you to have, your skin absorbs everything. It's mm -hmm. it's an organ, right? I mean, <laughs> the biggest it, one. <laughs> it, it is. So it, it, it's something that I think it's yeah. forgotten about, uh, and and it's a really again another one of those easy ones, as you pointed out. A lot of these companies that make really great high quality products, you can just automate its delivery and and mm -hmm. adjust it as you go and most of them now even have the ability to go on there and say oh pause i you know i ordered yeah. too much or I whatever mean, the even case like may be meat whether it's a nose to tail or you know a box a butchered yeah. box something like that um you know vegetables you know what's that other one thrive i was uh, gonna say thrive. thrive there's thrive market yeah, yeah. um that's i was just know, gonna say that if you're in a place where it's difficult to get to certain high quality foods there are companies that yeah. misfits vegetables or yeah, yeah. there's a lot of these companies that they kind of eliminate that for you. It's dropped off. You don't have to go to the store. And I mean, it, it's, it's a beautiful part of the technology that we have. And my hope is that if you are automating a bunch of this stuff in your life, that you're doing it in a way where you, you audited it first. So you're not just ordering a bunch of random food from wherever and it's shitty food. And you're like, well, no, I just don't go to the grocery store and I eat 
garbage food, right? Right. So you're making an intentional decision around these things that you automate. And then here's the kicker. You're using that time that you've acquired via automation for something positive, whether that's engaging more in a hobby that you enjoy or adding some sort of new practice to your life or whatever the case may be. Let's not create a bunch of time so that you can watch more Netflix. That that might not be the best way to to kind of <laughs> to integrate that. But I think that our hope today is when, as you listened, you've made it this far, that when you leave, you go home and think about where can I implement some of these strategies to create a better environment. And even if it's just 1% better than it was yesterday, if it's one thing, you took the TV out of your bedroom. And that's the only thing you did. Right? The rest of your house looks like a natural disaster ripped through it. I mean, even if you don't necessarily make any changes right away, maybe if it's just that I'm going to be more conscious about the things I'm doing. Mm. And then saying, okay, can this be automated? Cool. I'm going to automate it. Or... Can this be, can I prep this so that it's easier for me to do tomorrow morning? Cool. I'm going to do that. You know, so even if you start to just kind of go through your daily routines and noticing which kind of box you can put this in, which step we talked about would fit the best to kind of make this easier. Strengthening that awareness skill that that spills over. Yeah. Again, that's it. It's an, an, or saying, such a like, powerful skill yeah. to build because it spills yeah. over into so many areas of your life. You know, I have a jar full of, you know, whatever, cookies on my counter. Never really noticed that that was something that was deterring me. Now I'm actively noticing every time I walk by it. I, I either need I grab one or I either need to convince myself not to. Yeah. Right? If I just put them away or stop buying the cookies, then I wouldn't have to do that 20 times a day. Yeah. Right? 100%. So as... As we leave all you beautiful people, keep in mind we went over automating things in your environment. We went over omitting negative influences, removing them from your environment. We went over, what was the third one? I'm sorry, I'm losing it. We went over, oh no, now I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, the we went fourth over, one um, was, it, was automating the, or um, priming, priming, priming for it. the next day. Sorry, guys. That's why you can tell this is happening in real time. <laughs> so, so automation, omit, omission, priming. priming your environment. So the, that's your packing your gym bag, putting your food in, in glass Tupperware so it's ready to go to bring the lunch uh, to work with you the next day. And then the actual physical environment, giving the organization a, giving of that. Yeah, yep. Giving everything a place. Being able to organize your spaces, both common spaces in your home, your car, which we didn't really, Melissa kind of touched on. Your office, yeah. every, I mean, everywhere. Everywhere, right? everywhere that you spend time mm-hmm. um, looking through it and creating that organization. And again, my personal favorites there are the first and last because they, they require this a certain amount of upfront effort or work. And then once it's done, it's done. Uh, so I, I really enjoy those two. And I, I recommend that as a great starting place if this is something you're kind of new to and you're just you're just starting to adjust your environment so that it becomes a tool for positive influence in your life versus something that you're just subjugated to. Yeah. Especially if you hear yourself saying like I just don't have the willpower to keep making those choices. Like that's a direct yeah. indication that your environment isn't set up for success. Yeah. Beautiful. Melissa, 
Thank you so much for lending, lending us some of your wisdom. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're following this podcast and leave us some reviews. Reach out. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any questions or topics that you'd like to hear about. And we will see you all next time.